You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, I'm so glad you're joining me here on episode 67 of the Blended Family Podcast. I have been incredibly busy with this wedding planning, which started so small and simple, but it seems to be growing. I want to thank those of you who have been writing to me, and I want to apologize for not always getting back to you as soon as I'd like. I try to stay on schedule with the weekly show, and sometimes I don't have any time left in the evening to get to all of your emails. And those of you who have gotten answers from me know that I don't send back generic answers to your questions. I put a lot of thought and care into my responses, so I don't like to rush them. So I ask you during this crazy time of my life, if you could give me a little leeway, I should get to your emails within a week to two weeks. And if it is an emergency type situation, you can let me know, or you can try me over on Facebook. I'm a little more available there. Once this wedding is over, I think I'll calm down a little, but we've still got three months to go and things are just really crazy right now. Okay, so let's get right into it today. This is a pretty serious topic and I've got lots to say about it. We are going to be talking about sex positivity, and I've decided to break it down into two parts for you. So today, we'll talk about sex positivity in the blended family home and how to foster open communication around it. And next week, we'll be discussing children and their sexual identity. If you have little ears listening, you may want to save this for later, as I will be talking about sex, nothing explicit, but still wanted to give you a little warning there. So what is sex positivity? According to Wikipedia, sex positivity is an attitude towards human sexuality that regards all consensual sexual activities as fundamentally healthy and pleasurable and encourages sexual pleasure and experimentation. The sex positive movement is a social and philosophical movement that advocates these attitudes. The sex positive movement advocates sex education and safer sex as part of its campaign. The movement generally makes no moral distinctions among types of sexual activities regarding these choices as matters of personal preference. That's from Wikipedia. Or in more simpler terms, Urban Dictionary describes it as an approach to sex and human sexuality that embraces the full benefits of sexual interaction as healthy and uplifting based upon the premise that sexual expression is good and healthy and that societal repression or control of the individual's sex drive is bad and unhealthy. You may have heard this term sex positivity before and you may also notice if you're aware of these things that the world has changed quite a bit from the time when we were children. Of course, we were all raised in different homes, but I would venture to say that back when we were young, sex positivity was not the norm. And there were always some people that came from a sex positive home, but the majority of the homes back then had a more sexually repressed attitude, or parents were very shut-mouthed about these topics, generally out of embarrassment or lack of knowledge. And fast forward to today's times, it seems that many of us are raising our children the way we were raised because we don't know of anything different. Now, I wanna challenge you 
to step out of your comfort zone and become a sex-positive parent. Yes, it's uncomfortable, awkward, embarrassing, but there are benefits. Now, you may not agree with me, and I'll tell you to hang on. You may not agree with much of what I have to say today or next week, but I was one of those kids raised in a home that sexuality was never discussed. I had to learn everything outside of the home from my friends who didn't always have the correct information. But see, it's a different world today. We have the internet, and if your kids aren't talking to you, they're finding whatever information they want on the web or on social media. And some of that information is gonna be accurate, and some may not. But the thing is, if you're not talking to them, you don't know where they're getting their information from. You're not monitoring it. It's far better for you to control what your kids are learning and how And let's be honest, you're not going to be able to control it all. So depending on the ages of your kids, you're all going to be in a different spot here. It may be easier for you if all of the kids are young, a little harder if you've got preteens and teens. When I met Sean, I was very closed-minded about discussing anything about sexuality with my children. Remember how I said I was raised? Now, he came from a very different home, a home where he and his mom spoke about everything. So Sean and I had to figure out a way that this was going to work. And in our case, I decided for our family, it would be more beneficial for me to become more open-minded like him. It certainly wasn't easy at first, but our kids were young, so that helped. But it took me years to learn the benefits of being sex positive and lots of embarrassment along the way. But now I love the way all of the kids can come and talk to us about anything. And over time, the embarrassment or awkwardness that you might feel will dissipate, I promise. The more you practice being open, the easier it gets. And for us, the decision for me to become more sex positive wasn't necessarily an easy one, but we didn't argue about it either. We did communicate a lot. And for some of you, this is going to be a problem, not just because you're blended. You may have noticed in the traditional home, it was likely an issue too. It's rare to have two people come together and have the exact same views on raising children. But what does make it a little trickier in the blended home is that you each have already started raising your kids and already have systems in place. Unlike in the traditional home where you make decisions together as you go. There may be some of you that can talk this stuff out with your partner and reach a happy ground, a place that makes you both comfortable, or even an agreement on which of you handles what. There may be others of you, though, who can't compromise. Each of your beliefs may be too strong to bend. And this is not an ideal situation because, in my opinion, I do think it's important to try and get on the same page. And those things can't always be forced. I'd love to tell you exactly how to handle that if that's your struggle, but I haven't been through that. All I can tell you is how important I feel it is that you do come together somehow. And this is one of the challenges of having a blended family. I will say this. If you don't agree, you will need to at least agree on some basic rules for the kids. They need to know that you two are united or they'll manipulate situations. And the rules should be the same for all the kids when they're under the same roof. So let me explain. 
maybe one of you refuses to talk sex with the kids and the other of you is more open. Now, this is okay. The kids will know who is comfortable to talk and who isn't, and that's not damaging. But as far as rules, such as having friends over of the opposite sex, well, you can't allow one child to do that and another not. Maybe you each disagree on how you want these things handled, but it won't be fair to the kids to have such a different range of allowances on rules. What you'll cause is resentment and anger between the stepchildren. You don't want that. So you and your partner are going to need to set some parameters. You need to have a united front, at least when it comes to the rules of what's allowed. And you can come up with your own unique family plan. Maybe one of you is too uncomfortable to talk to the kids about sex, but you don't mind if the other parent does. Then have the parent who's more comfortable do the talking. Other families prefer the men handling the boys and the women handling the girls. Whatever makes you both comfortable will work, but I do encourage you to at least move in the direction of being more sex positive. What are the benefits of being sex positive? Well, let's talk about that. One benefit, as I already mentioned, is that you will be in charge of your child's sexual education. Sure, they may pick up things from other places, but ultimately, you can ensure that they're armed with the correct information. Next, your kids will come to you when they have a problem, knowing that you don't shame them and that you'll help them find a solution to whatever issue they're having. And that feels good as a parent. Wouldn't you rather your child come to you than someone else? There's no evidence that shows being a sex-positive parent causes children to engage in sexual activity before they're ready or that they engage in unprotected sex. Studies show that children raised in sex-positive homes actually may wait until they're ready and are more probable to use protection as you have taught them the importance of it and GASP may have even supplied them with it. And finally, children that are raised in a sex-positive home are much more likely to grow and mature into adults that have a healthy sex life. And even though you may not want to think about that right now, I think we can all agree that we want the best for our children. Now, if your children are in elementary school, you may not realize the staggering statistics these days, but I have preteens and teens and some of you do also. And I am all too aware of what is going on out there. There's a high amount of oral and anal sex going on, lots of unprotected sex, and lots of STDs being passed around among teenagers. However, if you do look at the statistics, as horrifying as they are, there is a trend which I believe has to do with the uprise in sex-positive homes. Teenage pregnancy is no longer on the rise, but that's not good enough. Another issue is that children are deciding to become sexually active at younger and younger ages, and we're never going to be able to stop all this, but I truly believe ignoring it is not the solution. And whether we like it or not, our children are out there in the world, and we need to arm them with information so that they can make smart decisions. So now that I told you why it's so important to be sex positive with your children, let's talk about how you do this. The first step is to start young, if that's possible. The younger your kids are, the easier it will be for you and the better for them. Everything is age appropriate, of course. You've got to decide when your kids are ready to hear certain information. But to start, when you have toddlers, use appropriate language for body parts. 
Every family has nicknames for certain body parts, but experts say it's important to use the correct terminology. Also, kids can pick up on body shaming from a very young age. So if they're running around naked and you say abruptly, oh, you need to get clothes on right now, that can create some shame. Or if your child is exploring their own body, instead of telling them that it's inappropriate, which causes shame, you can tell them that it's natural to do that, but it's something that should be done privately, alone in their room. And as we know, toddlers are very inquisitive and they ask lots of questions, always provide age-appropriate answers without lying. So if a three-year-old asks where babies come from, instead of lying and saying, oh, the stork brings them, you can say something more honest, like when two parents love each other very much, God helps them have a baby, or even something like, that's a question that would be hard for you to understand right now, but when you're older, we can talk about it some more. Whatever you want to say is fine, but don't lie if you can help it. And it's easier with very young kids And if you start here, as they get older, they'll be very comfortable coming to you with more questions. And remember, they pick up on body language and tension, so try to act as natural as possible, even if you feel awkward. Now, let's say you have kids that are older, and maybe you didn't start off very open, but you're trying to turn things around. Understand that if the kids aren't used to you being this way, It may seem weird to them at first. And instead of ignoring that, point it out to them. Say, hey kids, I know that having these conversations always made me feel uncomfortable, and they still do, but I really want us to start talking about some of these things. And you can even joke and laugh about how awkward this is for all of you. But it really does get easier. And the more you bring up conversations, the easier it becomes each time. And another option, if it's really hard to talk, you can get a notebook for them where they can ask questions, whatever questions they want, and you'll respond to them in the notebook. This way, there's no face-to-face embarrassment. I prefer face-to-face, but some people don't. And if this is the only way you can start a conversation, then start here. And something else you can do is present them with a book to read, something that you buy in the store, and let them know that after they read it, you can talk about it. And keep in mind that teenagers and preteens Well, they're already feeling awkward and embarrassed about their changing bodies. And the last person they want to talk about it with is their parent. So if that's the case, another tactic you can try is to bring up conversations, but relate them to another child. So for instance, if you want to talk about sex, you can say, oh, today I was watching this TV show and they were saying that children in middle school are already sexually active. Is that really true? If you make the topic about other kids, not about them, then they just might open up. So now that you're talking, what kinds of things should you discuss? Well, that's up to you entirely, but the focus should be on sex positivity. There are a lot of parents that prefer to tell their children that the sole purpose of sex is to make babies, yet we know this isn't true. And do we really think that telling them this lie is going to prevent it from happening? I prefer to tell them that it is also done for pleasure. But see, I also explain to them that it's far better to do it with someone you love and trust. You can also talk to them about being responsible or how to make sure that sexual activity is always consensual 
Or how about teaching our girls that they don't have to do anything to make a boy like them? Or that sex should be enjoyable for both parties? And safe sex is the most important thing we need to be talking about with our children right now. STDs are everywhere, and our kids need to know that it is possible to spread STDs with oral sex. And they also need to know that even if they're on the pill, they can still get an STD. Pregnancy prevention is important to talk about. And sure, it's hard to have these discussions, but it's much easier than having to have the conversation of deciding what to do about an unwanted pregnancy or a sexually transmitted disease. Some parents provide birth control for their children, and that is a very personal choice, and I am not going to tell you what you need to do with that. That's your decision. Some people think that by providing it, it means you condone it. And other parents prefer for their children to have it, knowing that they are going to have sex anyway, and they'd rather than be protected. Entirely your call, but it's just something that you need to think about. And I do think it is also good to talk with kids about their dating. Some parents dictate what age their kids are allowed to date at or whom they're allowed to date. Remember that even though you can put these restrictions on them, it doesn't mean they'll listen. At school, they're going to do what they want, with whom they want, and you can't control for that unless they're homeschooled. But see, once they get older and more independent, we want them to know how to make their own proper choices. And it's good to allow them to date, but watch them closely and certainly keep the lines of communication open. And if you look back to when you were young, chances are you dated some people who were not right for you, some of which your parents urged you not to date. We need to allow our children some of that freedom too, so they can figure out life. Sure, we want to prevent broken hearts, but that's the way they learn how to pick and choose. How about doctor visits? You know, when I was a teenager, I remember I couldn't go to my parents to ask for a gynecological appointment. I had to sneak and go with my friends to Planned Parenthood. I was too embarrassed to talk to my parents about my sexual health. We don't want that for our daughters or our sons. Talk to them about these appointments and what to expect far before they even need to go. And when the time is right, take them so they don't have to go alone like I did. So this is what sex positivity looks like. Talking to our children about sex does not mean we condone it or encourage it. What it boils down to is that we want our children to know the facts, unbiased facts. We want them to make their choices based upon facts. We want them to develop a healthy attitude towards sexuality so when they're adults, they can have healthy sexual relationships. That's why we do this. We don't do it because it's easy. No, it's far easier to ignore all of it and pretend they're not sexual beings. But we know that's not true. And if we love our children, we want what's best for them. So wherever you and your family are on your journey, decide if it's working for you and if it's working for your children. Today's show was not to make you feel bad about the way you're doing things. It's really not my business. I just see what works for my family and I observe other families as well. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is that raising children in a sex positive home is extremely beneficial. If it's not for you, that's fine. But I still encourage you to do the research. 
There are different ways to create sex positivity in your home. And even if you want to take baby steps, that's fine too. I hope you enjoyed this episode and maybe it gave you some insight into fostering open communication in your blended family regarding sexuality. Next week, we'll continue with part two of Sex Positivity, where we will discuss children and their sexual identity. Please come back and join me for that one. And I hope you all have a fantastic week. And thank you so much for listening. See you soon. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.